have a very simple purpose in what we're looking at in this session of look at the book. I want to ask the question and answer it in an encouraging way. What if somebody says, the Greek says this, and you don't know Greek, is it possible that you could still take a position on a text and they can't pull rank on you? And I'm going to argue that if you know your English Bible, namely the book of Hebrews here, uh, well enough, there's one particular argument that you can refute to your own satisfaction, I think, even if you don't know Greek. So that, that's where we're going. I want you to be encouraged that a real, solid, broad, deep awareness of your English Bible will protect you from bad arguments from those who know Greek. So, Father, I pray for encouragement. I pray for confidence. I pray that people would see how a knowledge of your translated word can really lead them profoundly into correct interpretation. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here's what I have in mind. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of God. Now, I have interpreted for a long time, many times, uh, for the joy that is set before him means in pursuit of or in order to obtain the joy set before him. But the word for is ambiguous, and it is the Greek word anti, and anti, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here, is used almost all of its 22 times in the New Testament to mean instead of in the place of. And therefore, there are numerous translators who say, no, no, the meaning of this should be looking to Jesus. So as you try to endure the hard things in your life, you shouldn't uh, look to the joy that is set before you. It means looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who instead of the joy set before him, endured the cross. So joy was held out to him, like he could have skipped the cross and disobeyed his father, but he denied himself the joy that was set before him and instead of endured the cross. That's a radically different meaning, radically different view of ethics and motivation and theology. And yet that's true. Most of the uses of anti in the New Testament do in fact mean instead of. Now, what are you going to do? Somebody says, I know the Greek. I can even show you most of these 22 instances. Are you helpless? Well, what you can't do is uh, look up chapter 12, uh, verse 16, and notice that the only other use of anti in Hebrews, is right here. See to it that no one is sexually immoral or unholy like Esau, who sold his birthright for a single meal. 
which means in order to obtain a single meal. Not just instead of. Instead of doesn't work very well here, but it's, it's exactly the same usage of the way I've always taken the four right here. In order to obtain the joy that was set before him. So a, a counter argument from a, a person who knows Greek it would be, well, that may be that 22 uses in the New Testament mostly mean instead of, but the one use in Hebrews is just like the one here in that traditional interpretation. But you can't do that. You don't know Greek. What can you do? You can know your Bible. You can know how the writer to the Hebrews argues. And here's what you'd do. You'd say, well, wait a minute. Back here in chapter 10, the author said, you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property. So you, you endured hardship because you knew you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. In other words, for the joy set before you, right? So the argument here is identical to the argument that I've always claimed to be the interpretation for chapter 12, verse 2. Or you would say then, well, look at here in chapter 11. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. Now, if you stopped right there, you'd say, oh, look, he's, he's choosing trouble instead of pleasures. He considered the reproach of the Christ, the trouble that he's going to endure, greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. In other words, for the joy set before him. He endured all this hardship. Or you could go to chapter 13 and say, look, therefore let us go to him outside the camp and bear reproach, endure hardship, run the race, bear reproach, for here we have no lasting city. We are seeking a city that is to come for the joy set before us. That's why we go to him outside the camp. And you come back and you say, well, I don't know Greek, but what I do know is the interpretation that treats for here as in order to obtain this great reward of joy is exactly the way the writer argues in chapter 10, the way he argues in chapter 11, the way he argues in chapter 13. So I'm going to assume he hasn't changed his mind. And here in chapter 12, with those interpreters who say so, he's arguing that way here in verse 2 as well. Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, in order to obtain, in order to experience, sustained by the hope of the joy that he was going to have before him, endured the cross. So my encouragement is, yeah, learn Greek if you can. It's got wonderful discoveries that you can't see any other way. But don't be intimidated. You immerse yourself in your English Bible 
and you are probably going to be on safer ground than many people who know Greek.